I usually fill the space with um, short videos about some of my research uh, on the Apostle Paul and ethics and uh, and how we've been coping with COVID and the challenges it's presented to us. I have been really heads down uh, the past week or two um, working on projects, but also I, I realize, I think looking back now, that I've been really hit hard uh, by the violence that's erupted in the in the U.S. over the killing of George Floyd, over the the racial unrest, over the reappearance of wounds that many of us thought had had healed over time, and the reappearance of violence that we thought had gone with time. In many ways, it feels like we haven't moved on from the civil rights era of the '60s in many ways. I, I think in some ways for me it's it's taken my my voice to some extent. I've been praying a lot and reading scripture a lot, trying to find some hope in what God has laid out for us. If there's a journey that we're meant to be on, what that looks like. I think I'm directed to a couple places, and for those who may not read the Bible regularly, I'd, I'd invite you to, to read along in Jeremiah 8. Jeremiah is a prophet in the Old Testament who has some pretty hard things to say to the nation of Israel, and particularly her rulers, about injustices that have been happening. Violence against the poor, a group of of people taking advantage of another because of their privilege. And this character, Jeremiah, who by any admission takes this calling of prophet unwillingly, but goes nonetheless because he feels sent by God, he, he just expresses his grief. He says in Jeremiah 8, beginning in chapter 18, My joy is gone. Grief is upon me, my heart is sick. Hark the cry of my poor people from far and wide in the land. And then he says, Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not in her? Which is kind of like saying, you know, where where is God? Where is God? Even as Jeremiah says this, he says it in front of God, in God's presence. Where is God? And I don't, I don't question God's presence in all of this. You know, in the, in the time I've spent going around, um, you know, broadcasting preaches on a Sunday, you know, uh, having conversations with people on social media, I've never felt like God is absent from those. But sometimes I do feel, particularly lately, that there are Christians who choose to ignore or or maybe just don't want to talk about the troubling things that are in front of them. And, and this is not about pointing fingers. This is not about um, pointing out wrongdoing. But it is to say, I just feel that as pastors in this time, as ministers, we really are we should be about our Father's business. 
There's the prophetic side of things, which is just pointing out the grief that we feel. There's the gospel side of things, which is pointing out the hope in Jesus Christ. Pointing out the fact that Jesus tears down all dividing walls, ethnically, politically, demographically, socially. And that there's hope in this thing called resurrection and Jesus coming back to life from the dead, which which he says applies to us as well, should we choose to put our trust in him. I think I see around me there's a real eagerness to get on with things, and I totally understand that. Church leaders wanting to get on with things, getting on and doing new sermon series, getting on and, and doing new marriage courses and, and alpha courses and discipleship programs and I think it's all really good and really important and it responds to a a desire to answer to the feelings of lostness that we may have felt throughout COVID. But I think also that it's all right to admit that we're in a time where we just need to focus on some basic truths which is that there is good news in Jesus Christ. I love that bit from Paul's letter to Ephesians. Paul says, Jesus, he himself is our peace. He's made the two one and it has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. He's talking in his particular situation about Jews and Gentiles who were couldn't be pulls apart indifference ethnically and Paul's saying there's hope underscoring at the same time that there there are differences you know there are differences and the hope isn't just placed in joining one side or the other it's in joining a new side in Jesus Christ I feel it's really important to emphasize at this time, particularly for church leaders, people need hope. People need hope. We are not out of this grief. We're not out of the grief of COVID. We're not out of the grief of financial loss. We're not out of the grief of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. We're not out of the grief of social divisions. I don't know yet if we're in the season of launching sermon series. But we are in the season of answering with hope. I've been really trying to search out voices that I can hear and listen to that will tell me the story of of hard things that people have been going through, whether it's COVID or whether it's, it's the Black Lives Matter movement. And I know that there will be the, the call from some sides of church leadership to say Black Lives Matter is not a church movement. But I do speak it. I do feel it speaks to some hard truths that we've yet to confront as a church. And so in some ways it is a real powerful foil to the church. A gentle challenge to say, have you heard and are you listening? I would hope that my response 
in the time ahead of me, is it, yes, I am listening. And yes, I want to be obedient to Jesus Christ. And if that means kneeling down on the hard floor beneath me and saying, I'm willing to give up the power of my identity, then I would do that. If it means saying, I'm not happy with the way things are and I don't want them to carry on in this way, then I want to be the voice that says that. In my own life, in the life of my family, You know, I came back from a war 15 years ago, and I just so hoped that things would be different for the U.S. and for the world, that we'd learn some important lessons. And I guess I've lost sight of the hope that nations would learn these lessons on their own, but I have not lost hope in a God who continues to sustain us throughout the lessons we haven't learned, is patient with us in the hope that we can still see his goodness, who's serious about judging sin, whether it be institutional or personal sin, so that we can be holy in Jesus Christ, not, you know, of our own virtue, but by the fact that we can get down on our knees and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. And say, my brothers and sisters, I'm sorry. I don't want to tell any other church leaders what to do or what I feel they should be doing, but this is a prayer that I'm going to pray for myself. Whatever my part, whatever my role, Lord, I ask that you help me do that, to say sorry first and to only carry on them in the strength of Jesus Christ. Bless you guys.